0: Good morning, and good morning to those of you who are worshipping with us at Bukipanjang at East, as well as at home. You know, Covenant Evangelical Free Church has a mission, and it's to return the church to its disciple-making roots through authentic discipleship. Is that right? Is that right? Now, let's try that again. Covenant EFC's mission is returning the church to its disciple-making roots through authentic discipleship and intentional disciple-making, so as to reproduce disciples of a certain kind, to multiply them, and to win the world for Christ. It's a compelling mission. That's the reason why we exist as a church, so that we bring people into the kingdom of God. We win their hearts. We love them. We accept them by the grace of God. And we bring them through a process of authentic discipleship so they have nothing to lose, prove, or hide And then at the same time, we equip them to be intentional disciple makers, winning one person to Christ, another person to Christ, so they become Christ master disciples, so that they in turn will disciple someone else and we multiply them in our effort to win the world for Christ together. How do we do that? Is there something that galvanizes our church together to achieve this mission that God has called us to? see, we're a large church now. We're a generational church. Is there something that can help us from the very young to the very wise? Let me say that again. I'm trying to avoid the old word there, yeah? From the very young to the very wise, all the languages that we have in this church that is called to fill this mission. And so COVID-19 helped us as a leadership team to take a step back and to look at what's happening in the world. And we live in pretty extraordinary times. Would you agree? Very extraordinary times. And we discern that, hey, Christ is coming again really soon. We need to prepare the hearts to meet with King Jesus, and we need to engage the church together to achieve this mission. And so we thought, hey, we have these five faith exploits. What are the faith exploits? Simply this, they're ministry arenas that we want to boldly venture into together to fulfill the mission that God has called us to as a church. So we have these five faith exploits, but in the last two years, we prayed it through and we thought, hey, let's sharpen this. Let's focus more together. And we came up with three faith exploits. And this is what they are. They are to disciple the generations, disciple Singapore, and disciple the nations, Last week, our SBs talked about the spiritual burden that is to prepare the hearts of people to meet with King Jesus because he's coming again soon. And over the next three Sunday, starting from today, we're going to focus on these three faith exploits to answer why we want to engage in this as a church. And today, I want to start with this about disciple the nations, starting with the end in mind. And that's the title of today's sermon, disciple the nations. You know, when I was a kid, my father put a plaque next to my bed. And it has a picture on it, It has the verse in Matthew chapter 28, verse 20, and it says, "Lo, I am with you to the end of the age." Lo is spelled L-O. It's in the book of Matthew. Hey, you know what, guys? That's my name. It's my full name, Matthew Lo. It's in the Bible. How awesome is that? And get this, he's going to be with me to the end of the age. So there's no, there's no Joshua. We are uh, with you to the end of the age. There's no Esther Tan. We are here today. No, it's a Matthew Lo. So I was very young. I, I saw this every day. I thought, that's really cool. And as I got a bit older, I thought, why me? Why, why is this all about me? Why is he and I wised up after a while, and I decided when my teens, I'll, turn to, I'll open up the Bible and read what does Jesus say about, though I'm with you always. And I discovered Matthew chapter 28, verse 18 to 20. And it says that Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, although I am with you always to the end of the age. I realize this verse is not about me. It's about him working through us to go and make disciples of a few nations. No, a corner nation. No, all nations to go out into the world. But what kind of world do we live in? And I want to start off by suggesting to us that we live in a world that's hurting. We live in a hurting world. Eight, nine, ten. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10. Every ten seconds, when I clap my hands. A child somewhere in this world dies of starvation every 10 seconds. That equates to 3 million children in the world this year will die of starvation in Afghanistan. People estimate that 11 million Afghan people right now suffer from food insecurity, and 1.1 Afghan children are at risk of dying of starvation. 3 million children will die of starvation this year, we live in a hurting world. Perhaps that's a bit too far and lofty for us to understand. Let's do something a bit more closer to home. Malaysia, in the last one month, they've had two major flooding events. 175,000 Malaysians have been evacuated from their homes. Many of them losing their homes. Over 50 people have died as a result of these floods. Channel News Asia ran a story. They brought a reporter to the town of Pahang. And the place is totally devastated by these mud floods. And they interviewed an 86-year-old man, and he said that it looks like a war zone here. I've lost everything. And he's clutching on to half a photograph, because that's all he has. We live in a hurting world. Do you feel the hurt and pain of people? Can you empathize with it? Perhaps it's a little bit difficult. Let's try something. Let's imagine Imagine what it's like. Let's imagine that all the food supplies in Singapore got cut off, just like that. Can you imagine what the chaos would be like? Everyone clamoring to Seng or and the cold storage, the markets, and all the food just vanishes. And the days go by and people get sick. People get very hungry. Hospitals are full. You're holding a friend colleague, a loved one, a child, and they die. Can you feel the pain and the hurt in the world today? Can you empathize? We live in a hurting world. You know, Revelation chapter 21 talks about a new heaven and a new earth. And in that new heaven and new earth, there'll be no more tears, there'll be no more pain, there'll be no more death. That's the future reality. But in our current reality, it acknowledges that there is pain, there is hurt, there is suffering, there is death. We live in a hurting world. The World Health Organization estimates that one in three women will suffer some form of violence in their life. One in three. That's 736 million women around the world will suffer some form of violence. 800,000 people will commit suicide and die this year. You know, there are 400,000 people who die of homicide or murder. Double that is 800,000 people will commit suicide and die. We live in a hurting world. You know, when we are hurt, often it's because we're hurt by someone else. And so either to cope, we hurt ourselves, or we hurt someone else after that. We live in this hurt culture. We hurt one another. One of the things that I remember many years ago, when my wife and I were dating at that time. We weren't married yet. We went out for supper. It was late at night. We're in the central business district. And we saw a man in his business suit. He was slumped right in front of an office building. And we went to him, asked him if he needs any help. And he was deeply intoxicated. He was drunk. I said, can I get you a cab and all that? He refused. He said, I deserve nothing in my life. I've been so successful at my business. I've risen to the top, but look at me. My family rejects me because I hurt them because I spent too much time at work. Here I am. I can't go home to anyone because they've kicked me out of the house. I'm hurting. We live in a world that's hurting. When Jesus was on this earth, he didn't stand from afar and look at the hurting world and intercede. No, he got engaged with them. He engaged with the hurting world. There was a leper that he saw. The leper was in pain, was hurting, not just physically from the leprosy, but inside from the social rejection. And he cried out to Jesus, would you hear me? Are you willing to heal me? And Jesus reached out his hand, touched the leper, and to the horror and the gasping crowd who said, you can't touch a leper, he's unclean. But Jesus touched him, and he was healed because Jesus was willing. Jesus heals those who are hurting There was a woman in John chapter 8. She committed adultery. The scribes and Pharisees wanted a stone of the death. Jesus came. He bent down. He wrote on the sand. He stood up. He says, he who has no sin cast the first stone. Stones start dropping. People start leaving. Jesus turns to the woman and says, where are they? Has no one condemned you? And she said, no, Lord. And Jesus said, neither do I condemn you. Go and from now on sin no more. To the hurting woman that suffered public humiliation and shame and hurt, Jesus forgave. That's the power of the gospel. Jesus brought healing. Jesus brought forgiveness. You see, in our world today, there's this narrative. The narrative is that someone hurts you, you hurt them back. You hit them back hard. It's in our popular culture. It's in our movies. We watch movies about people who hurt us, other people what do we need we need a hero to hurt them hit back at them and we glorify that and we all go great we live in this narrative of a hurt culture but jesus came he healed he forgave he didn't seek revenge no he brought redemption on the cross where he felt our pain where he felt our hurt where he felt our shame and he said i forgive you That's the gospel. That's the message that we get to take to a hurting world if we are to disciple the nations. I heard a story once in our partner church in in a country. We go there to this country and we share with them about disciple-making and being authentic, being real, about forgiveness. And there are many other churches that have interacted with this church. In this nation, they're first-generation Christians, so everything's quite new to them. And there's a man in that church. One day, his little brother, three years old, was playing in the front part of their house. An uncle that was driving the car, drove the car backwards, hit the boy, the boy died. In this country, when you kill someone, you're going to go to prison for the rest of your life like that. And people, relatives, they get very angry. They seek revenge. They call the entire village, go and whack the guy. This guy, a member of this partner church, went to the police station, wanted to see his uncle. He brought some friends along. The police were frightened that there would be a revenge killing. But this man says, I've got a message. Let's please let me go in. Because they prayed about it, they got to see the prisoner. This man went to him and says that, I'm hurting, but I forgive you. That's the power of when we disciple the nations, they get to disciple and give that message of hope and healing and forgiveness to a hurting world. It's because our God is a God of compassion. It says in Matthew 9 that Jesus was traveling, he was a man on a mission, and he's telling them about the good news, he's healing people, and all of a sudden he looks at the crowd and it's this gut-wrenching pain in his gut and a lump in his throat and there's tears in his eyes he has compassion for the lost because they look like sheep without a shepherd and he looks at his disciples and with those ice piercing eyes he looks at them and says the harvest is plentiful but the workers are few pray earnestly to the lord of the harvest to send his laborers out into the harvest field jesus didn't say oh pray and in the seed and go oh dear lord thank you for the nation of australia pray for this the primates of australia scott morrison in jesus name amen no he says pray earnestly to send the laborers into the harvest field his cry from his heart is who will go who will disciple the nations who will go will you go You see, when we pray earnestly from the depths of our heart, we need to be able to see as God sees so that we may do as He says and move to where He wants us to move to. And it begins with prayer, and prayer is the baby step to disciple the nations. You know, in my house, we have a map, we put it on the kitchen, and it started out by trying to teach our son about the nations. And it turned out that we would have conversations about how we can bless nations, how we can pray for nations. Maybe you could do that as well. Or maybe you're saying, uh, uh, you know, put a map in my kitchen. It doesn't match my decor. uh." Never mind, it's okay. Buy a globe, a nice globe. And you can talk about it as a CG. Or you can talk about it with your best friend. Or you can talk about it with your family members and say, hey, let's pray for the nations. Or maybe that's a little bit too much. Here's something that the church can help us with. We're going to enter into the time of praying for the nations again. Every lunchtime on Wednesday and every Sunday late morning, we will Zoom in people to pray for the nations. And so it's going to be on Wednesday, starting this coming Wednesday. It's going to be from 12 to 12.45, or Sunday from 11.15 to 12. And you can join us for prayer. And you might be saying, Pastor Matt, I can't do that because I've got work to do. You know, uh, with Zoom now, working from home, it's very busy. We're nonstop. How about take some time to Pray. Make that sacrifice. So here's what we'd like you to do. Whether you're here at Woodlands, Bukipanjang, Ace, or home, there's a QR code that appears on the screen. Join us. Take out your phones right now, guys. Take out your phones. Begin to scan this. Register for prayer. Come, I'm going to give you that time. There's some of you taking out your phones. That's great to see. Do that. Spend the time of prayer. And God will make a way for you that. Just do that. Just adjust it. Consider it now. Take out your phone. Snap that QR code wherever you are right now and join us for this time of prayer because it's the first step to disciple nations. Pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest, send out his harvesters into his harvest field. We live in a world that's hurting, but we also live in a world that's looking for hope. We live in a world that is looking for hope. Last week, Pastor Kikyong Kyung. Uh, when he preached, he said that, that there was a word of the year in the Chinese newspaper. He said the word was pang. Not pang, but pang. All the pang sound the same to me. The word in English is the word hope. Hope. People are looking for hope. Hope to get out of this pandemic. Hope that they can get out of the country and travel again. Hope that they will find a good vaccine that we're going to take one time. Some people are hoping, well, my job right now isn't giving me much of a happy time. I want to switch job, switch to this job. Hopefully, it gets better. And some people, they are hurting inside. I hope I can do something to get me out of this hurt and find a better life. Some people, they get into habits that aren't so healthy to do that. And in doing so, in those habits, they hurt either themselves or other people. To cope with pain, some people, what they do is they, they do things excessively. They do more than they should do, and it causes them pain and hurt. Like they might spend too much, or maybe they drink alcohol too much, or they take drugs to try to numb the pain. But in the end, it hurts not just themselves, but the people around them. You see, there's no hope without Jesus. John chapter 10 Verse 10, the first part says, the thief, which is Satan, comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants to steal us from joy and peace and the presence of God. He wants to kill our joy, and not just that, he wants to destroy us. Because Satan, he don't play fair. He knows the end game for him is that he will be destroyed, and he wants to bring a whole lot of us with him. But Jesus has come. See, the thief has come to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus has come to give life and give life abundantly. Wow. He has come not for revenge, but for redemption. He's not come so that we can suffer more, but that we can experience salvation. That's our God. You see, we live in tension today. Many of us here, we're saved. We know Jesus is our Lord and Savior. So we accept him, we believe in him, we want him to be Lord of our life. But notice something, when we receive Jesus, we still remain on this earth. We don't go to heaven, we remain here. Why? Because there's a hurting world. And someone has got to tell people about Jesus. Someone has got to give them some hope. So there's a tension here. While we live on this earth, we're saved, we are tempted, we can sin, but there's a mission to accomplish. And the only way to break this tension is to launch ourselves into mission. Will you disciple the nations? You know, there's a real need out there right now. People who need hope. Let me read you some figures from Global Frontier Missions. Currently today, there are over 16,000 people groups around the world. Of that 16,000, 7,000 of these people groups are considered unreached people groups. An unreached people group basically means that 2% or less of their population are evangelical Christians. Less than 2% of their population is evangelical Christians. These are unreached people groups. So it equates to this number. Out of the 7.75 billion people in this world, 3.23 billion live in unreached people groups. Now, that's a lot of people. Now, besides unreached people groups, there's such a thing called unengaged unreached people groups. An unengaged unreached people group is simply, they've got no church, they've got no missionary They got no believers and there's no one engaging them in the gospel. And in the world today, there are 3,000 people groups, 3,000 people groups that are unengaged, unreached people groups. That equates to 5.7 million people in the world are unengaged, unreached people groups. Do you hear the call of God? Go and make disciples of all, all nations. Do you hear that cry? See, Jesus died and rose again so that we may be saved. But Jesus died and rose again so that we could go and make disciples of all nations. Many years ago, when I was at university, I worked amongst homeless youth in Australia in a little town called Ballarat, which is famous for gold mining and all that. Right. And during my time working with the homeless youth, I met a young man, 13 years of age. His name is Brian. When Brian was 10 years old, his mother was a drunk, whacked him. The mother's boyfriend also beat him up. He had enough. He ran away from home. He was in New Zealand at the time. He took a ship. He stole away. He arrived in Australia, and he started to prostitute himself. It was his way of survival. Three years later, I see him huddled with two other friends in an empty train carriage. It's cold in Ballarat. It's minus five degrees. It snows in the winter. And I befriended Brian. I found him to be a very inquisitive young man. Couldn't read very much. Got him a Bible because he asked me the question one day, why are you doing this? I said, because Jesus loves you. I know you're hurting inside, but I want to give you that hope that's found in the gospel. We would talk over several weeks. And one day I had this idea, hey, Brian, would you like to come over to my house? Let's have a warm meal together. He said, sure, I'm I'm game for that. I told my housemate about it. My housemate got really excited. And so we cooked this big meal for him. And one night, I brought Brian back to my house. We drove there. He knocked on the door. My housemate opened the door, and Brian freaked out. He turned around 180 and started running. I grabbed him and said, Brian, what are you doing, man? You see, what happened is that my housemate, he's a police officer. And a few months ago, he arrested Brian. And Brian says, This is a trap. This is a sting operation. You're here to arrest me? I said, No, 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 no. We're here to feed you. He walked in. He couldn't believe his eyes. There was chicken. There was steak. There were chips. Everything a teenager wanted because there were no veggies. <laughs> and he, he lapped up that food. And all of a sudden, he just broke down and he, we, he wept. He cried so much. And he looked and says, why are you doing this to me? I'm nobody. I don't deserve this. And my housemate, he went over to him. He put his arm around him. and says, I don't deserve this either. It's called the blessings of God. It's called the grace of God. And Jesus has walked into my life. He wants him to walk into your life now, Brian. Will you receive him as your Lord and Savior? And that night, the three of us knelt in my living room, and we prayed for Brian to receive Jesus. You know, a few weeks later, on the streets... The word was out that now Brian is a new nickname. His name is The Preacher. Because he was going around discipling other people. He was multiplying disciples. You know, around the world today, there are 150 million people who are homeless in this world. There are 1.6 billion people that live with inadequate housing around the world. Will you go to a hurting world that's looking for hope that is found in Jesus Christ? And bring them the message of healing and forgiveness and life and ultimate hope that is found in Jesus. Because he's not dead. No, he's risen. He's alive. And he's here to bring redemption to a hurting world. You know, one of the bold things that we could venture into as we disciple the nations is this. You know, some people when they uh, get their first job. You know what they do? They, they take the first pay packet and they give it to offerings. It's called the first fruits. Well, here's an audacious idea for you to prayerfully consider. Prayerfully consider for your CG or for, with your family or best friend. We're all dying to get out and go for a holiday in Australia, New Zealand, Switzerland, you name it, all the nice places in the world. Maybe you go to Hong Kong and eat dim sum, bao mai, you know, and Tim Tim, somehow. Maybe you want to do those things. But here's an idea. Why not make your first holiday your first fruit and do a mission trip? Some of you go, like, oh, Yeah, don't be such a spoiler. Lah. You preach so passionately, you can Pray about it. Pray about it. Your first fruits go for a mission trip. You experience blessing from it. That sounds selfish, is it? No, it's not. Because as we are blessed, we get to bless others and then they bless us with this trip. Because people need to hear the gospel. Because we live in a hurting world that's looking for hope. Can I ask you, are you hungry? Are you hungry enough to do so? When I was in Indonesia, I was on a trip there and with the partner church, we went to an orphanage. And I saw kids who were hungry for acceptance, hungry to receive truth. When we went to the orphanage, they took out their ukulele started playing songs for us. They look with these eyes of affection. They're looking for someone to tell them a story. And they said, tell us a story. I told them the story of Jesus. Tell us more stories and more stories and more stories. People are hungry. When we go to Thailand, you see, my parents, they live in Bangkok, Thailand. Now, excuse me, I've always wanted to do this. Hi, Mom and Dad. Hi, Mom and Dad. Yeah. I've always wanted to do that. Just go to the camera and go, hi, Mom and Dad in Bangkok. Hi, Mom When we go to Bangkok as a family, we always do this. We go and join my father in his ministry to feed the homeless in Thailand. And when we go for the briefing there, we see the person in charge of that missions agency, and he's telling us all about what they do. And you can see the hunger in his eyes that these people need hope because every time he shares, he tears. It's not a marketing ploy. No, it's a passion from his heart. He's hungry for people to experience the hope and the forgiveness and the life that is found only in our Lord Jesus Christ. There's hunger. Do you have such hunger? We have such an ability to travel. You know, the Singapore passport is ranked number four in the world. I'm jealous because I have an Aussie passport. It provides visa-free access to 193 countries we have favor from the Lord. Do you see around the nations right now and see how Singapore government has done such an amazing job with COVID? We are blessed. Why? To be a blessing to the nations. Why? Because Jesus is coming again soon and the world needs to hear and prepare their hearts to meet with King Jesus because we have an audacious mission as a church. And with that mission, to fulfill it, we need to launch ourselves into the faith exploit of discipling the nations. Will you go? Will you pray earnestly? Will you take a bold step of faith and go? You know, in preparation of this message, the Holy Spirit gave me a word, and I want to share that word with us. It's simply this, that sometimes we don't trust what we cannot understand. We don't trust what we cannot understand. We find it hard. You know, for a non-Christian, it's hard for them to trust Jesus because they don't understand him and funny enough for us as Christians It's hard to trust this whole idea of discipling the nations because we don't understand it because we don't know it You know the word that was used last week. It's the Hebrew word yada It means know intimately is by experience. We don't know it. And We don't want to launch into it Many years ago, uh, we had a church camp. It was at some way lagoon in KL And uh, one of the afternoons was a free afternoon, so the youth ministry decided we're going to go to the amusement park at Sunway Lagoon and get amused. When I got to the amusement park, it wasn't very amusing because people were screaming. They were in pain. They didn't like it. I'm thinking to myself, what's so amusing about it? Like, ah! It doesn't sound amusing to me. And so one of the leaders said, I've got this wild idea. Let's go try the tomahawk. We get to the tomahawk, it's a pendulum uh, right, it goes like this: It's a long carriage. It goes whoosh, 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 whoosh. And everyone on the on the uh, tomahawk isn't going. Ah, ha, 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 so amused. though ah, they are screaming. That doesn't sound like amusement to me. And, and the youth are going, Hey, let's, let's come with us. Come, come, join us on the tomahawk. It will be fun. And I said, I already know this. Not fun. This is murder right there. This is suicide. I'm not doing that. No way am I getting on that thing. I know already those guys are in pain. They're suffering. I said so it'll be fun. You, you wouldn't have been, have, this will be the best experience of your life. No, it's going to be the worst experience of my life. And it's not going to end well for me. And it's not going to end well with you. But somehow or other, they must have prayed over me. I must have got slain. Next thing I know, I'm on the tomahawk. And you know what? They, they're so smart. They put me right in the front of the ride. You know, the, woo, right in front. Strapped in, didn't feel safe at all. Start going, whoa, whoa, whoa. And you know what? I've never felt such fear in my life. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Now, one of the girls, she's a worship leader. And man, she got a great singing voice because she was hitting the high B flat. It was bad. We get there. I'm looking at the person right now. We get there. We're going up this way. And my friend says to me, Hey, do you feel the G force? No, I never felt that before. I didn't know it was like that. And I was laughing. And then it went, Whoa, one round. I was like, Wow, I've got a story now to tell my son. I did a 360 today. When we got off the ride, everyone says, Did you enjoy that? No. But I knew what it was like because I did it. Have you ever gone out to the nations? And done it? Have you actually ever spent the time to pray and felt what Jesus feels? To see as he sees the world with eyes of compassion so that we may do as he says. Can I ask you one more time, whether here or Boki Panjang or East or your home, can we put that QR code again? Can I get you? Join us for prayer. Join us for prayer. Put out the QR code again. Join us for prayer on the Wednesday on the Sunday. Come some of us, we didn't take our phones just now, but hey, you know what God is speaking to you. Take out your phone, join us for prayer on the Wednesday or the Sunday, and engage, and know what it's like to be involved in discipling the nations. That's right. I'm going to invite our awesome worship team to come up right now. I want to close with a story. You know, uh, Many years ago, I went to Timor Leste, and we went for a mission trip with some young people. And when we were there, we went to the villages, we did all the things, and we had a couple of free days. And so, the Spirit of God put on my heart: "You got to go and do some beach evangelism." And so, I gathered the partner church and said, "Would you do this with us?" They passed away. I saw enthusiastic, Let's go do it. The Singapore team though, had a lot of hesitation. So we met that night, we sat in a circle, and one by one asked them, would you go, would you do it? Some said, yeah, I'll do it. Some said, no, I'll try. Let me see what it's like. Oh, I want to know what it's like. And there's one guy sitting right next to me. His arms are folded, and he's just shouting out to me, leave me alone. Say, said, would you go? I don't want to go. You want to try? It? No, I don't want to try. You want to pray about it? No, I want to pray about it. Is there anything that will move your heart? Okay, I'll tell you what, only if the guy speaks English we're in Timor, let's say, no one speaks English. They speak a little bit of English, but they don't speak English. Never mind. We went the next day. We went to the beach. We fanned out with our partner church. Some went to the playground. Some went to the beach. I went to the beach. We were playing soccer with the kids, drawing for them in the sand, talking about Jesus. There's that one dude right at the back, right part of the embankment of the beach, arms folded, not going to do this. And then suddenly, an East Timorese guy comes over to him and says, excuse me, Sir, do you speak English? Uh, 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 Me? Yeah, you. You speak English? Yeah, I speak English. Can I practice English with you? Uh, what does he have to do? He to share the gospel. That's the deal. Can you see how God is calling the nations to us to disciple them? Same beach evangelism trip. Same one. Same day. Over in another corner of the beach. One of the girls from a Singapore team shares the gospel with a group of girls. One of the girls gives her life to Christ. Singapore team next day goes back to Singapore. (laughs) Next year, come back, that same girl that was on the trip with us came on this trip. We went to the partner church. Man, the worship was vibrant. It was electrifying. People were clapping. People were dancing. At the end of the service, the worship leader comes running down to that girl on the Singapore team and says, do you remember me? She says, I don't remember you all team or let's say people look the same. And then this girl says, I'm the girl you brought to Christ last year. I'm the worship leader right now. And this worship leader says, you know what I want to do? I want to do beach evangelism with you tomorrow. Can you see the power of discipling the nations? Oh, we may not really experience it, but in our hearts right now, maybe it's shouting out to you, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you, and lo, I am with you to the end of the age. Christ is coming again real soon, and we need to prepare the hearts of people to meet with King Jesus. Will you go? Will you feel the compassion of the Lord Jesus Christ who has died on the cross for us and brought not revenge but redemption? He doesn't want to bring suffering. He wants to bring salvation. Who will go? Who will go to the nations to disciple them? Will you go? Will you go? Will you go? Will you go? Because he's right here, right now, and he is calling. Can we all bow our heads, close our eyes right now? He is here. And he says, take a step of faith. You see, sometimes... We can't trust what we don't understand. But you know what Jesus does? He says, if you don't trust what you don't understand, what you need to do, you need to take a leap of faith. And that's what we want to do as a church. Take that leap of faith to disciple the nations. Some of us here, we want to take that step of faith to bless. And a small baby step is just to pray. Just to pray. Hey, you know what? Can you respond to the Lord right now? You say, Lord, I want to start just with prayer. Maybe you scanned that QR code. Maybe you hadn't scanned that QR code. It doesn't matter. Would you, right now, when I count to three, you stand as a seal of your commitment to pray for the nations at lunchtime? Or perhaps some of you here say, I can't join you for the lunchtime. I would love to. Can't do it on a Wednesday. Can't do it on a Sunday. But I'm going to do it another day. In fact, what I'm going to do is I'm going to call my CG to pray with me and after the service I'm going to text my CG on our CG chat and we're going to arrange a time to pray for the nations if that's you whether you want to join us for lunchtime prayer whether you're going to mobilize your CG we're going to pray when I count to three you say I want to start by praying for the nations I'm going to ask you to stand when I count to three are you ready one two three. You stand. If God is calling you to pray for the nations right there, that's right. You stand. Right here in the gallery. Right here in the bottom floor. Right there in Bukit Banjang. Right there in the east. Right there in your home. You stand before the Lord saying, Lord, this is my commitment. This is what I want to do. I want to pray for the nations. Perhaps some of you here, you're called to go out for a mission trip. You don't know when. You don't know how. You don't know where. And when I count to three, I want you to do this. I want you to lift up your right hand and stand. You remember could be standing right now, you could be seated, but I want you to stand, raise your right hand, say, God, send me out into the nations. Whether for a short-term trip, long-term trip, doesn't matter, send me, God, are you ready? One, two, three, you raise your right hand. If you're seated but you want to stand, you stand, you raise your right hand. Whether here at Woodlands, Bukit Panjang, East or home, you raise your hand. God, you see hands, you see people standing. God, I pray that you will move them. Move them by faith, God. Move them out to the nations, God, because there's a world out there that needs to know Jesus. They are hurting. They need hope. And we are hungry right here to go bless, to go bless, to go share, to go preach, to go heal, to God, will you send us out, Lord, to be the church that you called us to be, a disciple-making church. There some of us, we're seated. That's cool. That's good. You're seated. Great. You know why? Because you're being honest before God. Maybe you're struggling with this. Or oh, maybe... God is saying to you, Disciple Singapore. Maybe some of you are saying, Disciple to generations. May God bless you and help you in your journey. We are a church where one church. Can I ask all of us to stand? We are, please. All of us stand. Come on. Wherever we here, at Bukit Panjang, at East or at home, would you stand? Would you lift up your hands before God? We are going to do a song. It's called "How Great Is Our God." But you see, right here in this sanctuary, we cannot sing. But we can worship you from our hearts. We can lift our hands and declare how great is our God. We can sing it from our hearts. How great is our God that all the world will see and know that you're a great God. For you are the name above all names. You are worthy to be praised and our hearts will sing. How great is our God. We pray this in Jesus name. Amen. spent some time listening to God's word and we hope that the message has ministered to you should you require more assistance kindly call 6892 or you can visit us at www.cefc.org.sg for more sermon titles
1: God bless you in your spiritual pilgrimage ahead